Hello and welcome to a pair of Dice Lost Podcasting channel. My name is Brendan and I'll be your storyteller for the evening. On tonight's episode, our friendly neighborhood exalts begin to put their plan in motion to save the city, meet with some allies, and begin to do the impossible like only exalted can. This is Exalted vs. World of Darkness, Friendly Neighborhood Exalts, Episode 31, The Battle for Brooklyn, Part 1. You all had just finished dispatching the evil Sasquatch in attempting to uh, save the Hodag and the Hodag pups. They're the Ho-children. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry. The Ho-children? Sure thing. Uh, Liv lost an arm and then gained an arm. Sick gains, bro. Yeah, he got some sick gains there. And then he also uh, stitched together a thing that he had to drive back to New York. I didn't realize that was its name. Yeah, its name is uh, "What Was Once Many Sasquatch." <laughs> um, Tyler, would you like to would you like to give the description of it? Sure. Uh, this horde amalgamation of at least fifteen Sasquatch stitched together and hidden under many trench coats is an unthinking mass that only follows simple commands as given by Liv. Would you like me to tell them its stats? Uh, if you would like to, but you don't have to. Ah, sure. I don't mind. It's quick. Health. Four levels of okay. Four levels of minus one. Four levels of minus three. Incapacitated. Thirteen total health. Okay. As it as a swipe attack, has has soak twelve against all damage. It's a fire or corrosive. Damn, it soaks better than I do now. It's a tank. Other action. It, it may make two attacks around at no death penalty. More attacks will incur penalties. It may attempt to taunt any creature attention in an eight inch imitation roll versus willpower. It is tank. It does okay damage, and it can maybe parry. Like it, it only has two dodge dice and six parry dice, so like it's not, it's not great at not taking the hit. And like if it rolls well on soak, cool. But it's basically made to help you guys out. The body for it to go after several bodies, as a matter of fact, hidden under many trench coats. Oh, I didn't <laughs> realize it was under many trench coats. So you guys eventually make it back to New York after your Beaver Island excursion. When are you guys uh, gonna plan on doing this? What was the day that uh, it's supposed to rise out again? Like March something? March 21st. Literally the first day of spring. So maybe like March 1st? Okay. Giving then, you guys uh, two months to plan. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That means we've still got time to go steal an M1 Abrams. Britt, I'm gonna start with you. If you could really quickly uh, for me, give me a perception and alertness roll. Alright, so it's currently the uh, for Brit, it's currently the end of January. Um, You've been invited out to the pier by uh, your Uncle Dylan, or the thing that's wearing. So it's about noon. He's sitting on a bench by the pier, uh, just kind of watching the uh, the animals, uh, the, the fish in the in, in the in the sea. He's invited you out here to just kind of figure out how you're feeling and what that he can do. Uh, as that he explained to you before, he he might not have um, your uncle's soul in there anymore, but he does retain the memories. Uh, so there's a you could say there's a little bit of a uh, 
question about where that uh, one begins and the other ends. I assume that you approach him. Yeah. He uh, he pats the the side of the bench down for you to sit with him. Hey there, kiddo. How you uh, how you doing? Well, my uncle's dead, and I'm about to go risk my life to fight something that's bigger than everybody here. So I think I'm all right. Yeah, you're uh, you're handling this pretty well, all things considered, you know. And you're doing. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. With, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not just speaking as uh, not just speaking as your uncle, but as uh, the guy inside here. You're doing me proud too. You know, <laughs> I fought with my friends for what we thought was right uh, back in the day. <laughs> kind of got crapped on by the big guy upstairs for it, but you know, you can't win them all. No, no, you can't. Um, as you guys are standing there or sitting there, I should say. Um, you can see floating in the harbor is a few dead fish, um, and your attention is drawn to the very familiar fungus that is growing on them. Is it the same fungus that was on Peter? Uh, yes, yes it is. And it's just like a couple dead fish floating by with the fungus on them? Yeah, pretty much. Um, they, they tend to, uh, they move, and after a little bit, the waves take them as far as that they appear that they will go and then despite any other power that the uh that the water puts against it it uh it uh like they don't drift any further like something is tethering them there i'm gonna point that out to demon dylan and uh you know ask him like do you do you see that do you do you know what's going on with that right there and like point out to the fish with the fungus yeah, uh, that's how that thing spreads. It's uh, it's gone past being it's gone past being just a normal uh, creature. Uh, it wants to expand into every uh, aspect of life: plant, uh, animal, insect, uh, fungus. Apparently, really seems to enjoy fungus because it can just exist in the dark. But that thing's spreading down there. It's getting bigger and bigger. It looks like it's tethered like is it tethered to that thing in the uh subways yeah that would be my guess it's still gotta accrue more mass before it can uh let any of the or let any of this stuff out it might at some point figure out how to do spores and spread to everything but i don't think it's figured that out yet so if we don't defeat this it's just gonna take over the whole planet if it can yeah uh, pretty much, that's kind of the stakes here. Right. These things are kind of monsters. They've been around since before the big guy upstairs sent the flood and, uh, you know, took out everybody except for Noah. Well, I mean, this just adds more fire to the fuel of wanting to destroy it. Yeah, yeah. Don't want any of those animals hurt, right? Well, I mean, not just the animals. It's like everything. Yeah, I, I, I got you. I'm just... Man, it's just so weird, you know. I thought that when the the shit was down, that it would come down to I don't know, people like people like me and uh, the, the 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 other supernaturals. Not and he just kind of like motions at you. But honestly, after like seeing and hearing what you all have done, like I think you guys might be the best hope. Well, that's that's good to hear. That makes me feel better about this whole situation. If shit gets rough. I'm here for you. And I got your number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, don't worry, I'm not leaving town. I'm 
I'll, I'll be in the fight where, where, uh, to help clear a path for you. Good. I would appreciate that and be, I would enjoy that. Is there anything else that I can help you with? Maybe anything that we can do to try to get Brooklyn cleared out of other people. Like, I know we talked to talked to the other vampires, and I know they're leaving, but, like, all the mortals, I need a plan on how to get them to leave. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you guys will come up with something. He kind of laughs a little bit at that, and, uh, you know, you guys just kind of shoot the shit and uh, catch up a little bit. As the scene fades out, and we switch over to Christina. Hello. Hi. Christina, um, Cass is hanging out, uh, uh, wherever the hell you want to hang out smoking a cigarette, when that you get a text from Marcy asking you to come to her apartment. It is very important. I out of character don't believe it's Marcy. What are you talking about? I have a number. We text all the time. We're best friends. You know, that combined with the, the weird noises just totally sold that as uh, a robot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, Cass doesn't know better in character if it's from her number, so she's gonna go there. You go and uh, open up the door. Well, knock, and you open the door, and you see Francesca there. Cass is just gonna look at her. I'm gonna assume either Marcy's inside, and she actually wanted to talk to me, or you pulled some weird bibbity-bobbity bullshit and text me to come over. What? No, 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 no. Cass, Cassandra, that's... I see you wasn't looking at her phone, so I just swiped it. I didn't have your number. Why didn't you ask her for it? She seemed in a hurry. She was going to go see her uncle. Mm-hmm. Please, come in. I've made tea. All right. Cass is gonna... Not Francesca. She feels okay about Francesca, but there's still that weird little bit of tension there as well. Of, I wouldn't choose to associate with you if I didn't have to, but I'm just going to go along with this for now and be polite and civil. So you be polite and civil. It takes a little bit. Uh, she serves tea for the both of you. It is whatever is good descriptors for tea. Like, put in your own, like, headcanon of what a good tea is. Oh boy, Brendan. All right. I know this is making such great content. The one, The one thing that I am not good at is describing food. How about it's just like a nice, like simple uh, chai tea or something like that. All right. So she makes you a nice chai tea that you both share uh, after a little bit. Well, Cassandra, I wanted to uh, invite you over because of a few logistical things. I know that you had talked to us about dealing with the evacuation of Brooklyn. Yes. Well, we're going to need at least a little bit of help on your end to complete this. Uh, there's only so much that, that we can do. Uh, what do you... Okay, what do you need us to do? And let's just start with what do you need us to do? Well, as that your initial, uh, let's say, I guess, design document says, uh, one of you wanted to use the Eye of Sauron to scare everyone away. Is this correct? Yeah, it's a... It's a... It's a plan. It's a loose plan, yeah. 
Okay, yes, well, um, I'm sure that we can work on it. Uh, Lord of the Rings is very popular. I believe it's coming up on its 20th anniversary very soon. We could get something going in the popular zeitgeist, maybe try and uh, get people hyped, as they say. That could work. Are, are you thinking about... Never mind, just continue. Well, if that we had this thing suddenly appear along with, I don't know, something else, some, some other extra things that um, my company can, can provide, we, we would need something down on, the, uh, down on the ground floor to really get it into the, uh, the, ma- the, the masses that uh, should something like this happen, that they must all immediately evacuate. So you want us just create something to scare people on the ground floor, or you want some kind of rumor spread out to the masses? Yes, a a rumor may work. I actually had another idea, though, if you would all like to hear me out. Now, I have not been able to track down everything from this particular publisher, but... There has been a very popular comic book of late. I did star in it, it seems, or at least make a guest appearance. Weird. Yes, well, uh, I was thinking, uh, as this is starting to grow very, very popular with, uh, with a lot of people, um, maybe you could convince the publishers to up their release schedule and maybe start saying that something like what we're planning will happen on March 1st? Kind of make it a... Oh, a prophecy issue. And, and yes, yes. Basically, here's the signs to look for. Here's what's going to happen. Um, and then just create the signs in real life. Yes, yes, exactly. That would probably work for the smart people or the paranoid people but the dumb people that would stick around and want to see if it's actually going to culminate. Um, what do we do about them? Oh, well, uh, hmm. we could always just send in the military to uh, start getting them out. Cass holds her hands up and just kind of like air quotes, military? Yeah, yes, the, the U.S. government's military. They're very good at evacuating people. I, I meant more your people or actual military? Oh, yes, well, technically, column A and B. Okay, just making sure, for future note. It's closer to the first. It's probably middle of February, maybe even a little bit later, when that, uh, you're there. The, you've been hiding a mass of, uh, uh, a roving mass of Sasquatches somehow within the, uh, the campus, no one questions that many trench coats rolling around. They try not to look at it anymore. It disturbs <laughs> them. Cass, at some point, did come to everyone with the plan that uh, Francesca put forward. And the ghosts have agreed to ramp up production on the... Uh, on Eye of Sauron. Yeah, on the Eye of Sauron and getting everyone to like believe in it. No one really questions your sudden Paul Giamatti look from uh, Lady in the Water as you know you have a Sasquatch arm I wear like a like the equivalent of like long sleeve scrubs most of the day anyway like a trench coat 
Yeah, I, I stole one of uh, I stole I stole one of what was once many Sasquatch's trench coats. Yeah, you're hanging out at the club one day, kind of going over your notes, going over your plan, as that a uh, there's a knock there's a knock at the door, and a sudden like loud thud as something large and heavy hits the ground outside the door. Well, Liv's gonna get up pretty expeditiously as, as, as expeditiously as a uh, coke as a, as a caffeined out skeleton man can and go to the, see what happened to the door. When you get there you see two things. Well actually no, you see three things. The first is a forklift that is holding a that was once holding a very large crate that has a note attached to it. And the note has in your father's very bad handwriting for your LARP, son. You can only imagine how many animatronic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in this. Cowabunga, dude. The other thing that you notice besides the forklift and the, uh, the crate is the man driving the forklift, who uh, is also uh, your fellow medical student, Aaron. Is he forklift certified? He is most certainly forklift certified. He had to get, he had to be to keep his job at the, at the box factory because college ain't cheap and not everybody has weirdo parents that can pay for it. Ah, hey there, Aaron. Nice to see you. Hey there, Liv. Uh, you doing, you doing that LARPing, huh? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to call it. Yeah, so, uh. Hey, listen. So I had a. Uh, I've been. I've been keeping up with y'all's not comic. Can I ask you a question? Sure, friend. How can I help? Is it true what they're writing about the uh, the the thing behind the underneath the uh, underneath Brooklyn? Is that really going to happen? Liv kind of takes a deep breath in. <sighs> How do you take your coffee? Uh. Usually, a uh, little bit of cream and sugar. Can I say? Yeah, sure, bud. Uh, just leave the forklift in the on the street, I guess. What are they going to do about it? It's New York. Right, right. <laughs> uh, he enters into the club building. Oh, I've made a miscalculation. I forgot who's in this club building. <laughs> have you, though? I, I kind of have, but also I probably would have done this anyway. So it works out. Uh, live like... Get Aaron seated and give him some coffee. He's probably way stronger than coffee he normally gets. He takes the coffee. He's thankful for it. He is also a medical student. He does drink his coffee pretty strong, and he's okay. got a he's got a he's got a night job. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Dangerous forces we're working with here, Aaron. Sure, you want to jump down this rabbit hole? Yeah, I think I wanna. You should probably leave town. So it's all true then. Have I read the comic? I assume I had. Yeah. Is it all true? It's all true. 100%. Very noticeable uh, swallow of, uh, of, of whatever spit was in his mouth. Um, he kind of blanches a little bit, and it looks like he's going to throw up for a moment, and then he kind of stops, and he kind of like gathers himself, and he kind of goes, Okay, then, uh, if that's if that's the case, then... I'm going to help cause as much commotion as I can on that day so we can get more people out. I don't want to see any more people dying. I took I took that oath, too. You know, no, one, no one's asking you to do that. 
Yeah, I know, but... I also know better than to deny someone when they truly want to help. So, okay. He... He smiles to you, that kind of, uh... That kind of relieved smile as it almost like a, a weight's been lifted off of him because he thought that you were going to tell him no, get the fuck out. Life has a way of taking your good intentions and making you lose them. Don't let it. Hold on to this. I lost mine for a while. It took a lot to get it back. Who am I to take that? I'll, I'll make sure not to. I, well, I'll make sure that I don't lose that spirit that we need to get through this. I want to make sure that you guys win. I want to help any way I can. And if that means just being one of the guys on the street yelling for people to get out and helping people along, then that's my place. But I want you to promise me that you're going to go and kick that thing's ass. I'll give it my best. But keep in mind, I feel like this is a lot like working the night shift at the hospital. You never really win. You just minimize the loss. Yeah, yeah, I I get that. Well, when all this is said, when all this is done, coffee's on me, bud. You don't make enough money for that. <laughs> and what is one of the few times that Liv actually smirks genuinely? He laughs back, and you all have a pretty nice catch-up session, just kind of hanging out and just kind of talking about life now that there's no secrets between friends. Do the uh, do the do the ghost kiddos come out and say hey? Yeah, the ghost ki- uh, the ghost kiddos do come out and say hey. And now that he knows that the supernatural is real and everything, and you've kind of parted the veil, he's he's less scared. He's more accepting of it. At some point, he has a very nice and uh, I don't want to say adorable or cute, but like he has a conversation with Annabelle and doesn't go screaming running away. You know, if he does die horribly, um, maybe he'll die horribly here. I think Annabelle and him can hang out in the afterlife. You cut that out right now. <laughs> they had a nice, wholesome conversation about consent. It is 2 a.m. on March 1st. Some people are nestled in their uh, in their bedrooms, falling asleep, waiting for the next day to come. Others are finishing up at the, at the club, drunkenly stumbling out. Still others are staying up and very tentatively watching the skies as a local comic book has started predicting events that will come true. It's kind of gotten, gotten around that these things are actually predicting stuff that has happened. Uh, you guys have had a little bit of help uh, kind of doing that. You've, uh, you guys have kind of, uh, basically, set stuff up. yeah, you guys have basically set some stuff up or, uh, Francesca has, uh, let a, uh, let a word slip about something happening. And then you guys kind of come in and save the day and act out the seat more or less. Or in fact, with the knowledge from Francesca and her having, uh, technically time magic, she could also just like prophesize it to you and then dictate it to the, uh, to the ghosts. It's very useful having that kind of uh, power. Time pa- powers? Nah, not useful at all. And eventually, at exactly 2am in the morning, the Eye of Fucking Sauron appears at the tallest building in Brooklyn. People are terrified. It takes the drunk people and some of those waking up a couple minutes to register exactly what's going on. 
And then the people begin panicking. As uh, let me ask you guys here, actually, uh, did you want it to say anything to do anything uh, besides just being a fucking terrifying eye that has now also been predicted to have happened? I mean, it could de- if if it's going to say anything, it could say something like, not these exact words, but you know, the day of reckoning has come. Prepare yourselves, flee this town, or suffer the consequences, or something to that nature. Works for me. Give me just a second. Okay, so, you know, you guys kind of gave creative freedom, but you did say, like, do something scary. Right? Yeah. Spooky. There is no life in the void, only death. That's what I was looking for. Just say, in the oblivion, we are breathless, and if you do not flee, you shall join us. Putting its full government name out there. I am technically... Well, I don't... So, I have Sauron. But my influence did kind of cause it. So. I just need something edgy to throw in there. So I was like, what was Tyler's character's name again? Nah, just throw out mine and Lenny's names. I think that's spooky enough. And if by spooky, you just mean whole shit that you write. Yeah, loving eyes of the blessed oceans and the white Man. hot sun of the south. Brit's, Brit's character name is so endearing. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. I wish it got brought up more. It's blessed oceans. You got to pronounce it right. Oh, sorry. Loving eyes of the blessed oceans. Impertinent mortal worm cast, do you truly aspire to prevail against me? I am the bane of Atlantean kings, the scourge of Lemuria, archfall of the immortals of Ultima Thule. Long before man hurled himself squamously from the primordial ooze, I waged war with gods and thwarted eternity. Yeah, so this thing starts speaking like that, and everybody starts freaking the fuck out. Nobody knows what it really said, but holy shit. When, when a giant eye in the top of Brooklyn starts telling you that it waged war against God before fucking anything else, you start freaking out. Luckily enough, the military knew that this was going to happen somehow. So they start, before anything gets too out of hand, start getting people out of there. When people ask questions, they have no idea what uh, about what's going on. They just kind of deny everything, as most government workers do. And then people are leaving. There are still some that uh, have, have remained. It's impossible to get out 100%. But you guys got literally as many people as you can possibly get out of a city that has 2.1 million people in Brooklyn alone. Because of this, Brooklyn is qu- is quieter than it ever has been. Only the hum of electricity and the quiet thumb of the the quiet thumb or the loud kind of brain uh, piercing thumb of that eye of Sauron noise that it fucking makes in the movies just kind of vibrates in the air. There are people who are unconvinced, but or just ha- just dazed and confused. They have no idea where to go. No cars move, no people party, no trains go. And then you guys find yourself, as the camera zooms down, to the 45th Street uh, uh, subway station, where Dylan said that he would meet you. We're meeting at the 45th subway station? You guys are meeting at the 45th Street subway station. He knows that it's around 36th. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I had it correct. Brendan, how big is Sasquatch? Sasquatch is 
can be up to nine foot in some cases. Most people say about between seven and ten, I want to say. This thing is probably a good at least, probably at least 13 feet tall and however wide that you need it to be. It has too many limbs, too many feet, and not enough trench coats. I imagine that it is quite the chungus. It is quite the chungus and an absolute unit. I would say it is definitely an absolute unit. And I would actually say that with it walking around, if the Eye of Fucking Sauron didn't scare some of these people, this does. Oh yeah, totally take the, the trench coach trench coats off of Wams. W W O M S Wams. Mm-hmm. I got you. So you guys approach the the station there with uh Demon Dylan ready to go. Oh, well, that was, uh, that sure was a show. <laughs> eh, the effects are alright. So, are you guys gonna take the, take the subway train, or am I? What, what do you mean? I mean, we gotta, we gotta get the train moving to, to get there. I was wondering if, uh, but there's only one train down there. The other ones are too far away. Why can't we all take the subway train? Well, gotta get off at some point, and I'm not exactly a train conductor, you know? That doesn't really answer the question. Yeah, I feel like I missed something here. Or something's not clicking. He kind of shakes his head a little bit and... Uh, mm, mm, one second. Mm. Apologies, this man's brain is very rattled. Sometimes the memories leak through and I can't uh, make a proper sentence. What I was trying to get at is that I don't know how to operate one of these subway trains. It's a little complicated. Do either of you? I can probably figure it out. I could also like look at it. I don't know how good I'd be at it. Maybe. Alright then. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to hop on down here. Uh, and if we can get it going, then we'll ride this thing right, in, right into it. And if not, I guess we're hoofing it. Sounds like a plan. Um, Liv can go first. <laughs> I need to actually look at a character sheet, but does anyone have... Is technology a... Uh... Technology is one, yes. Okay, uh, does anyone have anything in technology? I have one dot. I have two dots. Oh, snap. What the shit? I have one dot, but I also have five in intelligence. I have one dot in technology and one in drive. And one in computer. Okay, so this would definitely be a technology intelligence role. Intelligence is where you beat me on the technology plus intelligence role. Hopefully. My intelligence is three. Mine's one. You poor summer child. Who wants to make this role to see if you guys can figure out how to get a subway train moving? I think Liv would probably be the best, it sounds like. maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, I will say no. it is going to be a difficulty seven. Um, I think I'll go ahead and spend an essence to use my academics instead of my uh, technology. Sure, you want to spend an essence right now? I have twelve of them, and a lot of my stuff is like as long as once per, you, you activate it and it's for the entire scene. So okay, but uh, maybe you're right. No, nah, I'll just roll normally. It's not that big of a deal. I don't imagine. I'd say go ahead and use it because you're you're our smart guy. Like this is where you're uses if that makes sense yeah okay how much essence do you normally use in a fight less than a quarter yeah if you're gonna do it might as well do it right i guess that is two okay with two that is enough to start it up 
And Tyler, you can either choose how to switch tracks or how to break. Liv kind of looks to the, to the gang, so I know I'll be fine. But you guys can totally jump from moving train and not get hurt, right? Yeah. Well, uh, in theory, I could probably... Uh, I'm going to go I ahead and say that Liv can help you do that, Marcy. Uh, no breaks, it is. This thing only got one speed and it's go. God damn it, Cody. Ain't no, ain't no breaks in this pain train. I broke them myself. You get the subway going. Uh, Dylan has informed you that there is an offshoot that uh, of older tracks. That's where that's where it's hiding. An unused section of the subway. But with you guys having figured out how to uh, basically ramp this thing up and then switch tracks, you can bring the train directly to it. Can we ram it with the train? I assume that was your plan. Perfect. Maximum speed. The subway train picks up rapidly as that electricity flows through it. The sound of the wheels chunking uh, and going faster and faster as the train begins to rattle. Things flash by. There is a slight red tint to the uh, to the windows outside. You can see as rapidly this thing is passing by a certain fungus that seems to be clinging to the outside of or to the inside of the tunnel. As that you guys finally switch tracks onto the older stuff, there's a hop uh, almost as the uh, the train kind of uh, goes from well-maintained tracks to older, not so well-maintained. The train sways and you can see that the side windows are getting covered in a blood-like substance as you are as it sways and kind of smashes into the overgrowing fungus. You know, since we got a few more spare minutes, or precious seconds rather, in the event that this doesn't go great, it's been fun. Yeah, it was nice knowing you guys. We'll make it out, though. I mean, heroes always heroes never die. I mean, what's it gonna do? Kill me again? Yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, probably. Promises, promises. I am happy I fell on your guys' uh, clubhouse table, though. Yeah. It's been nice having another angel around that doesn't make my head itch. Looks at Liv. If it makes you feel better, you make my head hurt very often. I think we'll be okay. But yeah, <laughs> it was fun. As you guys rock and sway and uh, enjoy your last few seconds before shit hits the fan. There's a noise from behind you all as Dylan just kind of goes, hmm. well, this is going to be fun, I suppose. Time to do God's work. Too many Sasquatches underneath a trench coat. Or what once was many Sasquatches underneath, the underneath many trench coats. Let's out an inhuman growl as five different sets of vocal cords try to talk. It doesn't sound good. It kind of ruins the moment. Into Unga Bunga to you too, buddy. Yeah, what he said. Suddenly the uh, the wheels catch on something. The train jumps. It's going about 50 miles an hour. That would probably be the time for that exit, exit strategy we're talking about. Hey, Brendan. Hey, what? Looking out the front window, how far away are we from the thing? 
Um, you can't see it yet, but what's that on the horizon of massive fleshy tentacles? You guys get off. I'm going to start us with a bang. I've got a proposal for you. Okay. I want to suplex a train into a motherfucker. You motherfucker. <laughs> you know I can't say no to that. Yeah, no. I also, I feel like you know I have to help. Also, uh, what you will see here in a few moments may be very disturbing. And I'm sorry. Okay, so please describe to me how that you both plan to suplex this fucking train that's going 50 miles an hour. Yeah, everybody that's getting off. Well, you realize if you were going to protect Marcy from the fall, right? I, I, I'll probably be fine. I should be fine. I imagine she gets Actually, hugged by a. Uh, I was going to say, Uncle Dilly. That's, that's watch. Me. Yeah, what was once mini Sasquatch could totally give Cass a safe landing. I could er, probably Marcy also a safe landing. see if my uncle D- Demon Dylan can help me as well if I need it. Yeah, Unless he'd be he he, flexing the train with you guys. No, he's not going to. He he can help you both out actually. Unless of course Christina has a good idea for how that she wants to get out. Oh, I'll totally go with portals. I love demon portals. Yeah, he he basically gives a thumbs up to you guys and goes all right, we'll see you at the crash site and like literally rips a portal in space and then you guys can just step through it. Good luck, guys. Don't die yet. See you at the crash site. You better be there. Walk through the portal. All right, guys. So um, please describe to me how that you suplex a fucking train. So I had this move planned when I thought I was working alone. Tyler, what's your plan? I know what your plan is and then I'll add to it. So I was going to have Lenny like grab the, uh, I guess, like, the safety bar that's running across the front window and use that to swing himself in a uh, kick through the window and up above the train, doing that good old, like, 180 pirouette in the air, pull out Titan Slayer and slam it down through the train because it's a two-ton fucking sword to give me that leverage to start flipping the train, and then grab it to finish the blow by, you know, swinging my sword with a train hit uh, on the end of it and smacking it. Tyler, how do you want to add to this? Um, well, I do have a big fuck-off Sasquatch arm. Um, you can I around and go to the back and just, like, punch the train forward hard when he hits it to add to the force of it? Yeah, sure. I, I understand that there are going to be moments in this or is there, there's going to be a moment where we stop going 50 miles an hour. Uh, let me know when. Yeah, sure thing. Okay, uh, Cody, give me some strength and melee, I guess, would be the technical thing for this since you're ending it with the sword swing. Hey. Ooh. You know what? There's going to be a scene change. The sun will rise. I will get Essence back. I'm going to spend an essence to uh, excellence it and a willpower to make it that double excellence instead of just adding a couple. Is that eight successes or did that double your successes as well? Uh, that's eight. My since doubling you- stuff comes on attacks. So. Okay. And yeah, since you guys basically like uh, describe that super well, like the difficulty is just six because that's what stunting does in this system. It's just difficulty doesn't rise above a six if you stunt. This train's going about 50 miles an hour and then Lenny reaches through and with superhuman strength literally starts this entire subway train to start flipping. With Liv's help, you guys manage to get it to 
basically like detach from the car behind it as that it goes upwards and then down onto this thing. And as that the as the roof of the train hits the tracks, the train begins to rapidly decelerate as that it hits a massive wall of flesh and tendrils. Mid suplex, Lenny calls on the back of the uh, Liv calls on the back of the train. Hey, Lenny. Yeah. This is a whole ass train. How the hell did he miss it? Uh, yeah, so it rapidly decelerates as that you guys smash into a mass of tendrils and flesh. The train behind uh, kind of smashes into uh, the, the weed car that you guys were in, and things begin rapidly crumpling. How are you going to get the fuck out of Dodge? Not gonna lie, homie. I'm just gonna jump out. Cody? I'm just gonna, you know, run really fast. Yeah. Like, base, my movement speed is triple whatever a normal person's running speed is. Or whatever an Athletics 5 running speed is, my move speed's triple that. Uh, I'm gonna say that's probably something like... Shit, how fast is Usain Bolt go? Uh, well, I was gonna say the average sprinting speed of a person, the average sprinting speed for many athletes is 15 miles per hour. So Cody uh, can go about 45? We'll be running around 26 miles per hour. So if you want to you say, Bolt... Usain Bolt's top speed is 27.33 miles an hour. Yeah, I'd say that Cody's. Pro- I'd say that Leonard's probably at that point, um, and then he gets to triple it. So yeah, you can technically run faster than this train. Just run the speed off. Yeah. Yep. Outrun the train pain. All right. So um, then I ta- then it's just Liv who's going to be taking damage from this. Uh, bro, I'm just going to spend an essence. Are you going to go ahead? Are you are you doing the thing where that you take the damage, but it just you just reform? Oh, totally. I, I mainly just want a reason to say that I get absolutely gibbeted and I reform grossly. Okay, so the train is upside down and the girls are just a little bit past where this crash is going to happen. Like, they're out of the the danger zone. And they see this train come in and smash into a massive wall of flesh and ghibli bits. Lenny goes running out of one of the windows, uh, somehow running faster than the train that he had just suplexed. And Liv does not make an exit. He just kind of stands there, I guess, with his hands in his scrubs. I have to imagine that instead of, like, jumping off and, like, running to try to run it off, Liv just seems to, like, step off the train very slowly, making no effort to run, and just gets actually just ground into paste. Like, a la Bacchano, if anyone has seen that anime. Like, when you jump off a train and you meet the ground, you kind of turn to mush. So just there's, there's bits flying everywhere, he's just mulched. And then very slowly and grossly, those bits just reform into live again. Takes a few seconds. Doesn't look very pleasant. Um, as it, you guys have done that, and the uh, the train has, uh, the rest of the train has caught up and started smashing into the front car, you can see in the red fungal light, there is something approaching you. Not something stationary, like... Dylan said, but something else approaching you. It is at least as tall as the uh, as the tunnel, and it looks like it's doing its best to squeeze through with many, many hands and mouths and eyes over it. It groans upset and terrified and not really thinking more than uh, than an animal in pain. 
Dylan looks to it and he just kind of shakes his head. Great. More of these things. It collects all the animals down here and it turns them into monsters. That's horrible. When he starts doing the boxer bounce and he cracks his neck. Well, you know what they say. No sleep till Brooklyn's safe. Those poor animals. Yes, those poor animals. It's what was once me, Sasquatch. Gurgles in the corner. Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, give us a comment, subscribe on your podcast app of choice, or leave a review where you can. It all helps us reach out to more ears to listen to our crazy adventures. Plus, your feedback is always appreciated in helping us improve our show. If you wanted to reach out to us, you can do that on Twitter and Facebook at A Pair of Dice Lost. Or if you prefer email, you can send those into A Pair of Dice Lost at gmail.com. The theme song for this campaign is Epic Blockbuster 2 by Raphael Crux. Other music in this episode was provided by Raphael Crux, Alexander Nakarada, and Kevin McLeod. And for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt die. <laughs>